Thank you for joining us today to talk about being served with the subpoena. I'm Laura Prouse from Crest Insurance Services, a Gallagher Affinity Division. Today, we welcome attorney Catherine Holbert. Catherine has been defending real estate professionals for more than 15 years and is a very active member of the Crest Real Estate Defense Council panel. Along with Catherine, we have Dave Miller, Regional Vice President with Fidelity National Home Warranty. Dave manages the Crest Advantage Home Warranty Plan, which ties in nicely with the Crest E&O insurance policy. We have a lot to cover, so Dave, I'll hand it off to you and let you get started. Laura, thanks so much for having us. And uh, Catherine, thanks for joining us again. Good morning, how are you? We're, we're fantastic. We are uh, so excited about these uh, risk management webinars because we love, and, and, and I speak for Cress on this, that we love just giving the risk management to all of the real estate professionals in Nevada. And you are uh, just a huge asset and, um, and storyteller and, and somebody that is on the front line on, with, uh, with E&O lawsuits and, and just gave such great advice on how to keep you know, Cress's real estate uh, professionals that they insure out of trouble. And today, it, it sounds like we're going to be talking about subpoenas. Yes, we are. Oh. Um, and they they are an interesting legal tool that realtors may not be completely understand what they are and what they're for and what they do. Well, and, and I speak, I, I don't know what a lot about them either. So I'm, I'm really interested in this call. So let's start from the, 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 uh, the, the basics here. What exactly is a subpoena? And why would a real estate agent being uh, being served with one? A subpoena is a, a basically a court order ordering somebody to do something, to either appear or to produce documents, or very frequently do both together. Um, a lot of times it will start with just give us your documents. Of course, for real estate agents, they're usually seeking um, transaction file or property management file or something like that. Um, and then they can also say, you know, we also want you to appear and talk about these documents that might come at the same time. They might review the documents and then after looking at them, say, hey, I want you to talk to me about this. And then you'll get actually a second subpoena. But you you always you have to do something. If you get a subpoena, you have to take an action. <laughs> you okay. can't just like set it on your desk, set it aside, ignore it. And of course, you've got to do it by a specific date, which is contained within the subpoena. Great. We'll talk about the timeliness of those and how maybe somebody shouldn't do something on their own and getting an attorney. But let's get let's get right into it and just go through some of the uh, the do's and don'ts of subpoenas, because that's where you're seeing still issues with with uh, agents uh, getting in, into lawsuits. Right. Um, and of course, the thing is, 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 you know, obviously, when it comes to the agent, they understand they have to do something. But they might not know exactly what they have to do. They might not know why they're being requested. Um, there's, there's a variety of reasons why, because these are third-party subpoenas. If you're being subpoenaed because you're already involved in the lawsuit, that's a different issue. It goes to your attorney. That's not it. This is a subpoena that you get served with for a lawsuit that is going on between other people that you are not involved with. So your number one main goal as a realtor in that situation is to stay out of the litigation. <laughs> you definitely do not want to do anything or produce anything or say anything that is going to get you involved. Um, and primarily, whoever, whatever attorney serves you with the subpoena, they are looking for information to support their client's case. However, that attorney and any other attorneys that are involved in the lawsuit are also going to be keeping an eye out for any possible way they can bring you involved in the lawsuit. Because, you know, if the for the plaintiff's perspective, if they have one more party that they might be able to get money from, great. 
from the defendant's perspective, if they have one more party that they might be able to spread the liability among, great. So you, even though you're not currently a party, when you get a subpoena, that doesn't mean you won't later become a party. And in fact, that is definitely, if not the primary goal of the subpoena, one of the goals of the subpoena is to find a way to bring you involved in the lawsuit. And so don't, <laughs> don't think you're going to handle it on your own. Just think this is no big deal. I'm just going to send the documents in. I'll just appear at testimony. I'll tell the truth. You know, it's not that they don't want the truth, <laughs> but they want their version of the truth. And you don't ever want to just show up to a deposition on your own. Sure. And is this sometimes when a, a plaintiff's attorney uh, is a little bit upset and they're just saying, you know, we're just going to name everybody. Is this kind of one of those situations where they will file for the subpoenas to try to drag other parties in? Well, not necessarily. If they truly think at the beginning of the lawsuit, when they actually file the complaint that they've got a cause of action against you as a real estate agent, they'll name you then. So this is more like, you know, we don't, we're not seeing anything yet, but there might be something there. We definitely want your transaction file. And if we see something in the transaction file, we'll bring you in. Um, but, but before they get to, I mean, they've already essentially made an analysis. They know who you are. They know you're involved. Um, and they have already made a preliminary analysis that they don't want to name you as a party. Um, but they still want your documents. They are still involved for a reason, generally speaking. Um, I've also seen subpoenas, though, um, for um, something that, that like truly doesn't have anything to do with you or your transaction. Uh, one example that comes to mind is um, this um, property management company was served with a subpoena from the Nevada Division of Welfare. And they were concerned that maybe the tenant had committed welfare fraud. And so they wanted the documents that the property manager had on, you know, application and, and rent and whatnot. And, but there was never any possibility really that that realtor would become involved in the dispute between the tenant and the welfare division. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the other thing is, is a lot of times the people that do see subpoenas, the attorneys that draft these subpoenas, are not real estate attorneys. So they don't truly understand the documents that the realtors do and don't have. In that particular case, the subpoena was, was not really well drafted at all because she just did not understand the documents we had. So I called the attorney for the state and I said, look, I've also got this, 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 <laughs> you, know, you know, which ones of these documents that you didn't ask for that we have do you want? And we were very cooperative and we gave her everything that she might possibly want and, and gave it to her, you know, in the form that she wanted it and, and were extremely cooperative. Um, if I'm dealing with an attorney in a situation where the agent might possibly get involved in the lawsuit, I'm only giving him exactly what he's asking for. <laughs> if he doesn't ask the right question or ask for the right document, we're not volunteering anything. You know, we're not necessarily being uncooperative, but we're not going out of our way to cooperate with somebody that could potentially sue us and is actually seeking to sue us, if that makes sense. That, no, it makes perfect sense. Only answer what you're being asked. That's because uh, the, the more you tell, it could open up other avenues, I'm sure, for them right. to Right, and of to, course, to the, the natural inclination, which especially for, a for our realtors, is always, let's be helpful. Um, you know, and if I just am honest and give them everything that I have, I'm not going to get sued. Well, unfortunately, it's exactly the opposite. <laughs> right. <laughs>
In your risk management update uh, that, that's on the, the Crest website, by the way, uh, for the state of Nevada and subpoenas, uh, you talk about uh, that subpoenas require you to do one of the two, uh, either appear or produce documents. Let's talk about appearing. What are some things that, um, that agents and real estate professionals should know when they are appearing in person? And then we'll talk about the documents later. Um, well, you know, the, the appearance, first of all, just don't do it on your own. Um, you, when you appear, you're usually, I mean, it can be for a trial testimony. It can be at an arbitration. It can be at a mediation. So, and, and in a, somebody just getting served with a subpoena might not even know that. Because um, it just says you have to show up at this time and this place and give testimony regarding something, you know, your transaction file or the, the real property located at a specific address. Um, and they might not know, but um, they, that's why they need to get an attorney involved that can figure out what is the purpose of this. What is the underlying litigation going on? Um, what is the underlying dispute? How does this play in? Um, because all of that matters for, for preparation um, and, you know, preparation before deposition testimony or trial testimony is a fairly lengthy process between an attorney and their client. And it's very important. Um, you know, you don't need to, you, you should never just walk in and sit down and say, hey, I'm just going to answer your questions and tell the truth. You right. Know? So obviously for a variety being, of reasons. Not only does it not in your best interest, but frankly, it, it doesn't necessarily serve the other side either, you know. Right. Because then they have to do your depo prep for you, basically. <laughs> what I'm hearing, just uh, just don't show up and appear. Uh, have a game plan and have uh, somebody in your corner. Uh, obviously, that's hopefully they're with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a, a lot of times, whatever insurance policy you have has got subpoena coverage um, because it is very much considered a... a you know, a part of risk management, and they know that if they help you do respond to the subpoenas correctly, that it reduces your chances of being involved in the litigation. So, I mean, obviously, you have to check your own policy always and see what's there. Um, but, but check, you know, take the effort and check, do I have coverage for this? Absolutely. And I think that uh, the insured should handle it the same way. If, if they get a demand for money or services, they're probably going to call the risk management hotline at Crest or actually just file it to the claims department because uh, what they think uh, is actually a claim is, is happening. But uh, I think that if they're being served with a subpoena, the first call they make is probably to uh, Crest, the E&O carrier um, or the E&O program to, to make sure that they have somebody in their corner. Absolutely. And like Perfect. I said, if for whatever reason they don't have it covered, it's still worth paying their own attorney <laughs> to handle it rather than trying to do it on their own. Because it could, it could literally and, and very frequently make the difference between being a third party witness and a defendant. <laughs> right. Well, let's be honest. Real estate professionals are not experts in subpoenas. Uh, attorneys are. So why would Absolutely. they not want somebody who's specific to that? Uh, to, to help them. Let's talk about the documentation. Now, you have said for years, documentation, documentation, documentation. Uh, maybe those, maybe some of these agents aren't, you know, they don't take as much information and save it as they should. Where would those agents be in trouble in a situation like this where they would have to provide documents? Uh, you know, ag again, it comes into play of, you know, what exactly are they asking for versus what you have. And, and another very interesting um, issue that I personally have had for, for 20 years is, you know, what is a transaction file? 
Um, and, and it's not always, not everybody has the same definition of that. Um, like frequently the, the Nevada Division of Real Estate, you know, if there's a complaint, the first thing they do, because it's a broker's file, it's not the agent's file, it belongs to the broker. So usually the subpoenas will come in to the broker. And so they, if there's a complaint, the NRAD will send a letter to the broker and say, give me your transaction file. And the broker sends what they think is their transaction file. And yet, oftentimes, it does not include correspondence. It does not include photographs. And the Nevada Division of Real Estate's like, I asked you for your entire transaction file. And I've tried to explain to the division, there's no ill will there. There's no, they're not trying to hide anything. It's just that they, they keep it. Literally, it's a storage situation. <laughs> they don't store the photographs and the correspondence in exactly the same electronic form and place as they do the rest of the transaction file. So oftentimes, if you don't specifically ask for the correspondence and the photographs, they don't get included in that transaction file. And again, that's a fine line of what, in a particular case, sometimes I might call and say, hey, you didn't necessarily ask for documents, but I've got them, or, or photographs. Do you want the photographs? Um, and sometimes I'll say, they didn't ask for them, they're not getting them. <laughs> right. But it, you know, but not everybody even defines transaction file the same way. But usually that's all that's asked for on the subpoena is send us your transaction file. <laughs> That's great. You mentioned once the attorney is on file on your risk management update, you have seven, I think, valuable bullet points of, of things that are going to happen from there. And, and number one, you mentioned about the attorney looking at the subpoena just to make sure that it was proper. What would make it improper? Um, if they're if they are not asking, um, you know, if they serve to the wrong corporate entity, perhaps if it is, um, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of, of big um, you know, Remax, um, EXP, there's, there's like a ton of things. And maybe, you know, yes, this was an EXP transaction, but not this particular broker, or something like that. It, you know, or they just, um, the, they, they named the right person, but they didn't serve it properly. They didn't give you enough time to respond. They didn't, um, you know, give you there's there's a form of your rights and obligations. There's just some real procedural formatting issues that may or may not be correct. Uh, but to have an enforceable subpoena, it needs to be correct. Um, some of those, depending on what the circumstances would be again and how likely I think the party would be involved, I would be like, you know, they should have given you 14 days or only given you 12, but I'm not going to make a big deal about that. Or I might say we're making a big deal about it in this case. <laughs> Right. That makes sense. I mean, and again, it comes back to if it's not proper, you don't want the uh, the real estate professional giving them this information if maybe they shouldn't have. So just having that attorney is is uh, is amazing. Um, you, you mentioned in your, your document here, too, about how the the attorney will speak to the other uh, party's attorney. How important is it that real estate agents not get involved with talking to the other party's attorney? Um, very, very, and, and it's easy for me to do this analysis with real estate agents because real estate agents talk to real estate agents, you know, but that's it. And they don't want their clients talking directly to the other agent. It's exactly the same situation. If you're my client, you know, and I'm talking to the other attorney, you, you don't talk to the other attorney and you shouldn't start that. I mean, and just like, you know, the real estate agents don't like to deal with sellers that are selling their own home. You know, it's just much easier to deal with with somebody else who's trained to do that job. Um, and, and you don't speak the same language as the attorney does, and you're not gonna, 
you're not going to be able to you're and you can't represent yourself really nobody can effectively represent yourself including that's why we hire real estate agents (laughs) you know so just get the right professionals in and let them do it well and you mentioned here too that the the attorney will prepare the real estate agent for the deposition what what are what are some things that the agent should know what happens in a deposition and how can an agent maybe answer too many questions that are inappropriate and get them in further trouble well, you know, a deposition is completely different than than a conversation, and it's not necessarily a fact-finding mission. The attorney that's noticed the deposition has got a very clear goal that he wants to accomplish, um, which is, which of course, is to benefit his client. You are not his client. So he is not your friend. He is not helping you. Um, you know, is, is he your enemy? Not necessarily at this point in time, but he's not, he's not. And and what people don't understand is they I've I've heard them say over and over again I'll just sit down and tell my story that is that's not even possible at a deposition it's not like you sit down and the attorney says okay tell me your story no they ask very specific questions that you have to respond to and you may not what you think in your head is the most important thing that you say you may never get the opportunity to say because you you don't just get to talk or say what you think you want to say or what you think is important. You have to respond to their questions. Um, And I usually say, you know, and of course, you know, in conversation, you can anticipate what somebody may be asking and uh, answer more than they actually ask. I always say never do that in a deposition. Um, Whenever possible, answer their question with a yes or a no. Um, And if there's a follow-up question, make them ask that. And that way you're not answering something that has not really been asked or in a way that and that's where you get down you know like the the thing that you might think is the most important to say to them might be the thing that gets you in trouble and gets you involved in the lawsuit (laughs) you know and you don't want to say that if they're not asking for it well it sounds like just having the attorney with you is a no-brainer process and what's important and you highlighted in your risk management update here is that once you involve the attorney with you, it's good to keep them up to date on everything because if this turns into now you getting sued instead of just being a third party witness, uh, the attorney will be with you for that trial and already have knowledge of everything. Absolutely. If it happens in Nevada with me, absolutely. You know, I would, I would, you know, stay with you the whole way. Um, and, and it's good. And the other thing I think maybe I forgot to mention on the documents. Um, The other very interesting thing about specifically real estate transaction documents and real estate transaction files is there is very often documents in your file that are not yours, Um, very specifically including home inspection reports. Um, You know, if you're representing the seller and there was a notice of request for repairs and so you ended up with with a home inspection report in your file, you have that document, but it is not yours. Um, you know, it was purchased from the home inspector by the buyer. And, you know, you can't necessarily just turn that over, but you also can't just not turn it over. And that's where we get into, um, you know, raising the objections that may be necessary to the subpoena and getting a protective order from the court. Or sometimes, depending on what the issues are, um, you know, if the whole if the home inspection report is going to be a huge red thing, um, you know, red flag and a big part of the transaction and could potentially even bring in the home inspector, 
I want the home inspector to have a heads up on that. And I want to be able to tell, you know, whoever sent us the subpoena, I've got a home inspection report. You've got to get it from the home inspector. And I'll tell you who that home inspector was, but you've got to go directly to them and get it. Um, and sometimes they'll do that voluntarily. Sometimes we would actually have to get, um, you know, a protective order from the court to say, you know, if they want this document to belong to somebody else, they've got to get it from who it belongs to. Well, it sounds like your risk management advice here is, you know, subpoenas can't be, they're not terrible up front. I think some agents might overreact and think they're being sued, but ultimately they're just a third party witness. But if they do these uh, and react to these improperly, they could be dragged in as a, um, you know, as a party of the lawsuit. So it sounds like what you're advising here is if you do these things right, you will stay as a third party witness. And you even reference um, if you uh, respond to these improperly, it's almost like selling your house uh, on your own without a real estate professional. What's your comment there? Right. Just don't do it. Just do not <laughs> Just do, don't it. do it. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is, is it's not like I could even say, hey, here's this webinar. Here's like this list of rules that you should follow. And if you follow these rules, then you can do it yourself because every, you know, every subpoena is different, just like every real estate transaction is different. And that's why you have to bring in the professional to do it because, you know, something, I might do something in one case and, and something totally different in another case because the cases are different and the subpoenas are different and the situation's different. Right. You have a, a couple of stories that you, you've shared with Laura and I in the past. Uh, you know, you say that you hear all the time, it's no big deal. I'll just show up and tell the truth at this subpoena. What, uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it can end very badly. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, you know, unfortunately people think, well, this is, you know, this is a justice system. It's all about justice. You know, I they just they just want me to tell my story. And like I like I was saying, that is that is absolutely not what is going to occur in a deposition. You don't just get to tell your story. They're not just really looking for the truth. They're looking for very specific facts and information. Um, and they, they will want you to just say this one little thing and then, you know, nothing else. And, and you don't, you are not in control of it at all. And if you don't understand the process and what is going on, um, it, it can, you know, it can be, you can become, you can very easily immediately become a party versus a third party witness. When you also mentioned here, and I, and I love this part, that sometimes when you're being, uh, I guess, served with a subpoena or ordered in, with a subpoena, it's not always from a real estate attorney. Sometimes it's just from a regular attorney um, that's not a real estate attorney. What? Right. Like I said, I, that one case was from the Nevada Division of Welfare Services that wanted a property management file. Sometimes it's a dispute. It's a domestic dispute, um, like a divorce even. Um, but they want your transaction file because maybe the uh, somebody did something before they got married or while they were split or something like that. And one of the spouses was involved in a transaction and the other spouse didn't know about it. that. That is a frequent occurrence. Now, of course, you're the real estate agent are never going to become involved in the divorce action per se. But if you handled that transaction incorrectly, the other spouse could could bring you in under a new lawsuit, <laughs> which is which is even worse than becoming a party to the original thing is to get involved in, you know, in a whole new transaction and whole new lawsuit because the one party decides you didn't handle the transaction right. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things. I think there was one that that even like the MLS 
subpoenaed information from, you know, from an, a real estate agent because there wasn't somebody had sued like the MLS and they wanted some information. So it just, it's not necessarily a big deal. A subpoena is a tool that legal professionals use to obtain information, um, whether it's testimony or documents or both. So it's, that's all it is, is. It's a tool that's being used by a professional to get something that you've got. Um, but it's not as easy to respond to it as just say, okay, you know, I'll give you what you asked for because uh, from the very beginning, you have to analyze what is it you're actually asking for? <laughs> what is it that I've got? <laughs> right. And let's talk about that for a second, because some people could be that, that think they do nothing wrong as a real estate professional could get a subpoena and just fly off the handle and be extremely negative and put a, a fence up and say, you know what, I'm not giving them anything. And, and so talk to us real quick about how it's just best to be cooperative with these um, that, that'll help them down the road. Well, it, it is, I would say, I mean, it's, you, you definitely don't want to ignore it. You definitely don't want to say, I'm not cooperating with that. I'm going to set it aside. Um, but really all you should do is, is call, is call an attorney and give it to them. Um, you know, even though you maybe could cooperate and maybe you could handle it correctly and give them everything that they need, it's going to take time away from you doing your real estate transactions. So don't even try to spend the time on this. Um, if you get a subpoena, just your normal automatic first reaction is call your insurance, get an attorney involved and let them handle it from there. Now, of course, your attorney is going to be, you know, wanting your file. Um, and I go through it and I say, give me everything that you've got. I'll decide what we're going to produce and what we're not going to produce. Um, you don't want to spend the time and effort, even if you think you know how to do that. Why would you spend your time on that? You know, it's not. It's not a money-making process for you. You know, go do what your job is. Stay in your lane and do what you need to do. Um, but definitely you don't want to ignore it or to say, I'm not responding to this or anything like that. And don't be scared of it. You know, it's just, you know, it's just a request for information um, and, and you should have it. And, you know, and don't panic and say, hey, my file's not complete. And definitely don't try to complete your file. <laughs> you know, you just, whatever it is, it is. And, and we, we deal with it. And you just, you know, call your insurance and call an attorney and, and let them handle it with, with no stress to you or minimal stress to you. Well, and you mentioned it's just a request for information. So I'm going to ask you uh, a rhetorical question here. Should an agent then just think, I'm going to go ahead and just take care of this myself? I don't want to involve my real estate broker because maybe I had an issue last week that uh, that he or she was involved in, and I don't want to become that agent who is always in trouble. So should I just do this by myself? Absolutely not. And that's that's the other interesting thing. Any document, uh, you know, any request for the file should always be directed to the broker because the, the, the transaction file belongs to the broker, whether they represent buyer or seller, it's a broker file. Um, however, it's the agent, of course, that usually has got the specific information. So I, I have seen, and it's not at all uncommon for them to request the, the documents from the broker, but then say, you know, a different subpoena to the agent and say, we want the agent to talk about these documents. Um, but if you just get the subpoena for the testimony and it just comes into an agent, absolutely, you've got to involve your broker immediately. Um, you know, your broker's got to know that's going on. And, and of course, then, you know, the broker should, of course, call the insurance and call the attorney, but never as an agent say, I'm just going to handle this on my own. Um, because anything you do as an agent involves the broker and the brokerage. 
um, and they have to know everything that you're doing, including responding to FEMA. <laughs> the last question, I promise, we're talking about providing documentation. How long should a real estate professional keep a file together? I mean, even emails that could come back later. How long should they save these? Well, you follow the Nevada law on that seven years. You keep your, you know, the broker, you know, and then so if it's over that long, you know, you say, well, the division, you know, commission only says I have to keep it for this long. I kept it for that long and it's gone now. Um, but you so you just follow the, the, you know, the Nevada rules on that from your industry, from whatever your industry is. Perfect. Well, any other little nuggets for us before we uh, we move on to. Um, I think that'll do it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I'll tell you, that's such great information. Again, a copy of this risk management update is on the Crest Insurance website for the uh, real estate professionals in Nevada. Catherine, always such a wealth of knowledge. And uh, we know you're on the front line. So what you say is uh, is true and uh, and extremely <laughs> helpful to the real estate professionals out there. So thanks all the, for all the things that you do for uh, for everybody. You are so very welcome and always appreciate the opportunity to share. Thank okay. you. Uh, thanks so much. Laura, back to you. Thanks so much for having us today. Thank you. Thanks to both of you. Always, always very informative. Excited to get this one out of the website. Again, as Dave said, it's on the Crest website. It's on the Claim Prevent blog page. So we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.